Welcome to Musicians vs. the World. Today I'm sharing with you part two of my conversation with pianist William Chapman Nyaho, who is currently serving as Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for the Music Teachers National Association. As an advocate for music of Africa and its diaspora, Chapman Nyaho's publications include a five-volume anthology, Piano Music of Africa and the African Diaspora, published by Oxford University Press, and an entry on Oswald Russell in the International Directory of Black Musicians, as well as an arrangement for duet in Piano Star Duets, published by ABRSM. He has performed in Europe, Africa, and the Caribbean, and in cities across the United States, where he promotes music by composers of African descent. If you haven't heard part one of this interview, be sure to do so. In it, we talk about Dr. Chapman Nayaho's background, his anthology, and many tips on how to make students of all backgrounds feel welcome and valued in music studios. Today, we are going to pick up where we left off, starting with Dr. Chapman Nayaho's definition of African pianism, and we also discuss the future of classical music. Along the way, Dr. Chapman Nayaho has plenty of tips and resources for teachers wanting to make their studios a welcoming and inclusive place for all of their students. I hope you enjoy it. There is sort of a, the Russian school of pianism, mm-hmm. and there's like the French school of pianism. Is there a way to describe African pianism? Yeah, you know, I think when you hear of African pianism, I think it's really talking more about the style of music as opposed to the technique, where when we think of the Russian school or the French school, mm-hmm. you know, which I partly grew up in, mm-hmm. uh, it's more about sound, you know, technical things, you know, sound production and all that. But African pianism is really a style of composition that you're going to find really quite common, I would say, particularly in West African music, Mm -hmm. where composers are really trying to use traditional forms like drumming practices and also melodic practices. And the piano is just the perfect kind of instrument to create these rather, you know, for lack of a better term, complicated rhythmic structures Mm -hmm. over melodic structures. Okay, yeah. So I think that's why maybe if you listen to the music of Joshua Uzoigwe or Christian Onyeji, Mm-hmm. Um, Nigerian composers, Kwabnankatia, Ghanaian composers. One would kind of tend to characterize that as African pianism. Mm-hmm. And I would say the same thing for South African music, like Bongani and Dodana's music, like Flowers and Sand, where he uses delicate, really beautiful, just rhythmic structures that are very reminiscent of the Venda. Um, people who are nomadic and the kind of instruments they use, some pianos and Hmm. stuff. So that's really interesting. Yeah. So now if teachers are wanting to learn more about this or musicians are wanting to learn more about this, is there, are there resources that we can find out more about these different styles of music? You know, (laughs) it's pretty much all all that's going through my mind 
you know, just go online and just type it, type it in, uh-huh. and something's going to come up, you know. <laughs> but but um, there's some great resources to learn more about music by composers of African descent and the style. There's um, africlassical.com. Okay. That's a great site. And then another great resource has been put together by and spearheaded by Dr. Leah Claiborne, and it's called ebonymusic.org. You know, it's just a place where you can get to know different pianists and composers, Black composers. It's just a great resource. Okay. So another great resource is one by Nevila Otley, O-T-T-L-E-Y, And it's called Black Pianists of Classical Music from 1838 to uh, 1933. And she's got another one called Some Famous Black Composers Born Before 1850. This was also commissioned by Dr. Dominique René Delema. Yeah, this is definitely a wonderful book to get by, yes. you know, by teachers, you know, for their students. Mm-hmm. You know, they're really good reading and interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there are quite a few resources out there now. Right, right. And I think that it's important for teachers to educate themselves about this. Absolutely. As well, especially as everything is so multicultural, especially in the United States, we're so multicultural. Right, exactly. Absolutely. And I was kind of thinking about this earlier, and I was thinking about how some people may be worried that by focusing on composers that we haven't focused on in the past, that we are maybe diminishing the value of the classics of Bach and Beethoven. And I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think of it as kind of like, you know, when you have your first child, you love that child. and. Yeah. You love that child more than life itself. And you think, how possibly could I have any more love to give? Then you have your second child and you realize, oh, my love is just expanding. I don't love my first child any less. Exactly. And I think it's the same way with music. I totally agree with you. This is not about excluding. Right. It's about including people. Um, Other composers who I think are just as worthy as um, having Bach's music heard. Mm-hmm. It's just like finally Clara Schumann's work is being right. heard, you know. Now why not Florence Price then? And, you know, it doesn't diminish Bach's music. It doesn't b- diminish Beethoven's music. Mm-hmm. It, may, it may actually be an interesting thing to do on all... Well, I've done this before, and it's really been fun to program a whole recital of music by composers of African descent and right in the middle have a Beethoven sonata. Oh, really? Yeah, you hear Beethoven with different ears. Oh, being surrounded by... Yes, that is true. Absolutely. That's a good idea. It it reminds me, when I was at Eastman, there was a professor there who, who was really into 20th century music and so would have these recitals of, you know, postmodern, you know, and into crumb and <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And then one particular time he he programmed Mozart's Sonata B flat K three thirty three right in the middle. <laughs> and and I promise you, when you got to the 
the beginning of the development section in the second movement. Mm-hmm. Mozart's music just sounded so radically chromatic and dissonant. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was shocking. So the music surrounding it shaped your ears and made you yeah. listen to it in a new way. Yes. Oh. It was so phenomenal. Wow. Yeah. So why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> You have this new role, you have all these resources, and it's very much the trend in classical music is becoming more inclusive, which is phenomenal and fantastic. Mm -hmm. So where do you see classical music and maybe pedagogy? Where do you see that going in the next 10, 20 years? Oh, I think I think I just see a glorious land of just new sounds accompanied by old sounds, you know, where it would be so nice to go to an opera and not have to see something for the umpteenth time, but, you know, hear a new opera, mm-hmm. you know, with jazz overtones, like mm-hmm. what's happening at the Met. That's right. You know, where, you know mm-hmm. that it should just be available to all, mm-hmm. you know. I just look forward to a time where we can all just embrace each other for our uniqueness and for our stories. I mean, every Bach prelude and fugue is is played differently by people, you know, and we try to honor them, right? We accept them for what they have to offer. Why can't there be a hundred different versions of Inkiru Okoye's Harriet Tubman piece mm-hmm. work, you know? Mm-hmm. Or why can't there be 10 different versions of H. Leslie Adams' Etudes? Mm-hmm. Just like how we have how many? A hundred different versions of Chopin Etudes? That's true. <laughs> you know, I remember going to... Um, It was a festival where uh, a lot of the pieces from the anthology were being performed. And it was so refreshing to hear these kids come up and play their Nigerian dance in different ways. Mm. You know, they had their own interpretations or how they were taught. And and they just felt so good, Mm. so validating, you know. So that's my dream of what I'd like to see. And also, if you guys don't know, there's an amazing professor, Philip Ewell, who is a theorist, who's really trying to have people consider new theories Hmm. of how to hear African-American music. He's really putting that out, and there's going to be a conference um, sometime in the new year. On that, Philip Ewell. He's really making great waves. And, you know, we need to understand these new ways to hear music and analyze music theoretically. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, when I play music by uh, Joshua Mm Uzoigwe, I can't just view it through the lens of a Western European tradition of performing where the line needs to 
have a goal that needs to move here to a grand climax and so on and so forth. This music is supposed to be static and needs to be present. You know, it's a different kind of aesthetic where some musics from different parts of the country, uh, the world, aren't about direction. Mm. It's about being in the moment. You know what I mean? Yes. Where time ceases to exist in a way. That's an interesting thing because you're asking people to relearn how to listen to music. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. How does one go about relearning how to listen to music? Is that just from researching the composer before listening to the music? Maybe not even so much uh, researching the composer, but maybe researching the music from that area. Oh, okay. I see. Perfect example. Perfect example. We talk about minimalism. Yes. Right? Everybody's kind of cool about see Reich's music where it's very repetitive and mm-hmm. you know it doesn't seem to go anywhere really. Right. You know, but it just gradually transforms, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Steve Reich learned all these practices from West African drumming practices. Mm. You okay. know, he studied in Ghana and Nigeria, do you see? Gotcha. And then brought that to America. Okay. And, you know, the Western world, and it was the best thing since white spread. <laughs> Meanwhile, this has been going on for centuries on the African continent. Gotcha. But you wouldn't necessarily classify that as minimalism. Uh, no, I would probably call that the origins of what people consider minimalist. Uh-huh. Hence, they can find a thread to get them there. Gotcha. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know this may sound crazy, but when you hear Beethoven's Opus 111, uh-huh. second movement, and you have you know, um, why can't we grab the attention of the young kids by saying, do you remember anything about the Charleston? <laughs> you know? Is very much. It's true. Charleston. That's you know, true. I'm, there, I'm. I'm sure some people are going to be like horrified and clutching <laughs> the pearls and all that kind of stuff. But but why not? You know, I had to do stuff like that as a visiting artist in North Carolina, where mm-hmm. are we trying to bring music to you know kids in schools and right. so on and so forth, and you had to bring your art form and you had to. So figure out how to make them get it, you know. Right, find the connections. Find the connection. Yes. Or find, you know, some of the, a blues connection or right. something or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's me. Just no, I think you're on. right. I do. I think you're right with that. You have to find the connections. And I think as teachers, we're doing that all the time because you're asking a child to learn something from 1650. You have to make it relevant to their life or else they won't enjoy it. Exactly. Yeah. And the same thing can be done with music from a different continent. Right. There's a phenomenal pianist um, by name Sharice Baldoria. 
Okay. And she has, she's a professor in Pennsylvania, and she's playing music. It's, it's really connected and shows the influences of gamelan music. Mm. And I've heard her play um, some Debussy and then also piano music that is even more traditionally connected to It's just fantastic, mm. you know. It's a different kind of playing. Yeah. And it's beautiful and wonderful, you know. And I think, I think there's all this stuff that needs to be heard from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are pianists out there who are doing this thing. Yeah. And, and we just need to kind of find them out and just put them up there. Yeah. So you definitely yeah. don't believe classical music is dead. No. No, not at all. Yeah. But it could die out really quickly if we didn't do anything about it. Mm. We need to have fresh voices mm-hmm. for the people to come and hear it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that you're doing a fantastic job. Oh, thank you. And I'm excited for this new conference. All of this is going to be going to the teachers, the music teachers, going through them is a genius way to do that because then they teach the next generation. Absolutely. Yes. So if there are any um, teachers in uh, MTNA or anybody who wants to learn more about, you know, they you know, really should consider either attending the conference in March 2022 or go online. That's also great. <laughs> Was online and listening to a great conference happening in Brazil on piano music. It was just amazing. Wow. You know? Yeah, there's stuff going on. Yeah, just gotta <laughs> just gotta find it. Yeah. Yeah. But what you're doing here in your podcast is just actually fabulous. Uh, that's the way to help, you know, the ripple just extend. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate what you're doing as well. Yeah. Knowing everything you've been through and your, your career trajectory, if you could go back to when you were a child and could have chosen a different path, would you have done so? Or would you make the same choices and be a musician all over again? I think I would definitely make the same choices. Maybe earlier on, I would have toyed with the idea of being a, a lecturer in geography because I love geography or gone mm-hmm. into some like aviation because I love travel, uh-huh. you know. I love anything to do with travel and stuff like that. But I think maybe with the silver lining of being cooped up during COVID times, you know, one has had to do a lot of reflecting and um, I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful I've had this opportunity to take this journey you know, you know, I've had some other plans here and there, but this has been the perfect thing that's happened for me. Oh, well, I am grateful that you came to talk with me today. Oh, I'm learning so much. I'm just honored. Thank <laughs> you for asking me. What a great time. Musicians vs. the World is a production of Frosted Lens Entertainment in conjunction with Smith Sound Music, 
A very special thank you to William Chapman Nyaho, MTNA's Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, for sharing his time, his vast expertise, and his music with us today. If you are interested in learning more about Dr. Chapman Nyaho, his anthology called Piano Music of Africa and the African Diaspora, or any of his albums, I will have a link to his website, as well as information about all of the composers and resources mentioned in today's episode. All of that will be on our website, frostedlens.com slash musicians versus the world. Be sure to check it out and take some time learning about these wonderful composers from different parts of the world. In today's episode, you heard excerpts from Dr. Chapman Nayaho's album entitled Senku. You heard Deep River for Piano by Samuel Coleridge Taylor and Ukam and Igu Amala by Joshua Uzoigwe's Talking Drums. The excerpts were performed by William Chapman Nayaho and shared with permission. You also heard Beethoven's Sonata Opus 111 Movement 2 performed by Neil Odoan, shared with the Creative Commons Attribution License from IMSLP. Musicians vs. the World is hosted and edited by me, Christine Smith, and our producer is Russ Wilkes. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any future conversations. And if you want to help us reach more people that may be interested in today's topic, share this episode with them, or leave us a nice review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any topics you'd like to be discussed or questions about music or musician life in general that you would like answered, be sure to reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or send us an email at infofrostedlens.com. Thanks so much. <laughs>